If you turn with me in your Bibles today, it's going to be a little bit different. A little bit of a different feel to the service. But if you're turning with me, we're going to start in Luke 12, verse 1. If not, we'll have it up on the screen behind me. But today, I just want to spend a few minutes. I know we got a lot of fun things planned today, and we got chili and all kinds of things for the kids and for the adults and prizes, and we're going to have a really good time today. But I want to take just a few minutes and talk to you about the mask. The mask. I figured since it's Halloween, it would be a good day that, that we could talk about the mask. The mask that you wear. You probably all have different masks that you wake up and put on. And, and for some of you, you have a different mask. Right? Like you have a this mask that you put on when you go to church is a different mask than you put on on Friday night. And we have all these different masks that we put on. For some of us, we feel like we have to put on a mask to be accepted, to be loved or when we're around certain people, we, we put on a mask so that we'll look like them. Because we think that's what we need to do to be accepted. So I want you to start thinking about the mask that you wear. Or the mask that you hide behind. The thing that you use to cover up the real you. The mask of what you want people to see. See, I allow you to see what I want you to see. When you go on social media, you can really get messed up because you know what you see on social media? What I want you to see, right? You put up the good pictures, the mask of what I want you to see. So who are you? Like really, who are you? Who is the real you? Do you even know? Let me ask you this. Who are the people closest to you? Just think about that. Because maybe, you know, who are you? Maybe that's too hard of a question. It's too hard to figure out who you are. I know. Who are the people closest to you? Why? Because fake attracts fake. And real attracts real. OMG. I'm surrounded by fake people. Yeah, fake attracts fake. Real attracts real. You know it takes trust to be real. For me to be real with you, for me to take off the mask, for you to see who I really am, for you to see the things that I struggle with, for, for me to allow you to see when I'm hurting, I have to trust you. And sometimes that's really hard, especially when we're hurting, especially when we're going through something hard, especially when we're wounded. You know, like a hurt dog, it's really hard to help them when they're hurt. They'll bite you. They don't want you anywhere near that wound, even though you're trying to help them. We mask, especially when we're hurting. We have to trust. Have, have you all ever watched that show, The Masked Singer? No, no one's seen that show. One person. <laughs> it's actually a pretty interesting show. But they wear, singers will come on, different celebrities or different people, but you have no idea who they are. And they wear these elaborate costumes and masks and suits, outfits. And they come out and they sing and perform for the crowd. And some of them can sing and some of them are 
really not good singers and some of them are big athletes and wrestlers and all kind of stuff. There's all kind of people on there, movie stars, actors, but you have no idea who it is. And the point of the show is like to guess who it is. And there's a panel of judges that will ask some questions and try to get clues and try to figure out, oh, I think it's Terry Bradshaw. No, I think it's got to be Kid Rock. Right. And then they finally figure out and it's like it actually makes for a pretty good show. But it's a really sad life. If you're living your life in costumes and masks and and never being real and having people wonder who you really are underneath all of that show that you put on everywhere you go, I wonder who she really is. I wonder what he really thinks. I wonder what they really look like. I wonder what God's called them to be or do. It's, It's a sad way to live your life. And it will be a shallow life. There won't be much depth to your life. Fake, it's shallow. So there are two reasons that I wanted to hit on, two main reasons why we wear masks. The first one is to protect. I already kind of hit on that with the, the wounds, like we try to cover up the wounds. But the first reason we put on masks is to protect. We think it will protect us from other people's judgment or from other people wounding us or is to protect. When we're hurt, we put on a mask so that people can't see our brokenness, they can't see our scars, they can't see our wounds. So that's the first one. The second reason is to project, right? To project to you what I want you to see. To project to you like, this is Dusty. He's happy, even if I'm depressed on the inside. And we put on a mask. Hey, this is me, and this is what I want you to see. So we use masks to protect, and we use masks to project. Lots of people learn to be fake. This is a sad one. But you know lots of people learn to be fake at church? It's really sad, but... I'm betting you've probably heard stories or you've heard a preacher tell a story of when he was a kid and you're riding on the way to church and mom and dad are screaming and arguing and cussing each other out in the minivan and as soon as you pull in the parking lot, everybody puts on a mask and we walk in and act like everything's okay. Right? Or there's some type of abuse or hurt or pain and And rather than allowing the church and the body of Christ to be what it was designed to be and help you walk out your healing and walk in freedom, we put on a mask so that nobody knows what we're going through so nobody can help with the marriage, right? Nobody can save you from the abuse. Nobody can step in and help you find your healing because we're all wearing masks. You're walking in church threatening the kids. Don't you say anything about our argument on the way. Don't you dare ask them kid space leaders for prayer. Everything's fine. And you teach the kids, oh, this is what we do. Oh, we put on a mask. We don't let anybody in. We act like everything's okay when it's not. We're falling apart on the inside. Let's look at Luke. Um, let's, let's read Luke 12, 1. 
This is what Jesus had to say. Talking about the church and the religious leaders of his day. By this time, the crowd unwillingly and stepping on each other's toes numbered into the thousands. But Jesus' primary concern was with his disciples. What? There were thousands of people. This crowd, Jesus was just now getting famous. The ministry was getting rolling. There were so many people. They were like stepping on each other's toes and all up over each other. And Luke tells us that Jesus' primary concern was his disciples. He wasn't distracted by the crowd. Jesus didn't get distracted by fame. His primary concern was the disciples. And he said to them, Watch yourselves carefully so you don't get so contaminated with Pharisee yeast. Pharisee phonies. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of their day, if you don't know. And they would pride themselves on how well they could keep the law and how they were better than everyone. And they would even wear these robes. (coughs) They had these special robes that no one else was allowed to wear because... You know, common folk weren't good enough to wear these robes. And they had tassels hanging off of their robes. And they would sew a special tassel onto their robe for every law that they kept. You know, there's 400 and something laws in the Old Testament and the law of Moses. And some of them are just ridiculous. But these dudes would like go through the books of Moses just searching for any law so that they could pridefully sew another tassel onto their thing and then walk around and sling it around like, yeah, you see that tassel? I don't eat shellfish because I'm better than you. And so they would walk along with these just tassels hanging off of them because they're good and they keep the law and they've never done anything wrong and there's no brokenness. And that it almost sounds like they didn't need a Savior. They had it figured out. They could do it. Jesus is talking to these Pharisees. Jesus is talking to the disciples about these Pharisees. You can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you'll be exposed. You can't hide behind a religious mask forever. Sooner or later, the mask will slip and your true face will be known. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The day is coming when those whispers will be repeated all over town. I'm speaking to you as dear friends. Don't be bluffed into silence and insincerity by the threats of religious bullies. True, they can kill you. Wait, Jesus, hold up, man. You just said don't don't let them bully you around. Yeah, it's true, they can kill you. Like by law, they could have you put to death. You know, ultimately, they're the ones that got things rolling and helped have Jesus crucified. He said, true, they could kill you, but then what can they do? There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being, who you are. They can't hurt you. Jesus said, yeah, what's the very worst thing they could do? Kill you? Whoopee. God's bigger than that. That's not who you are. God's got a purpose and a plan. So 
Okay, don't even be afraid. Save your fear for God who holds your entire life, body, and soul in His hands. You don't have to be afraid of them. Don't be scared. So Jesus is telling them, don't put on these religious masks. He, he used the example of like the Pharisee yeast. How if you put a little bit of yeast into the bread, it'll, it'll leaven the whole lump. The struggle is fake. I know you've been told the struggle is real, but it's not. The struggle is fake. What I mean by that is it's a struggle to be fake. It's a lot of work to be fake and to be dishonest and to put on what you think people want to see and hear. And, and when, you, when you lie and when you're this person to this person, that, then you get confused on who you told what to. And it, like, it's just a struggle. The struggle is fake. Peace is in knowing authentic community. Knowing real people and being real with people. Living a lie is exhausting. And it's a sin. For you to live any kind of a life outside of who God created you to be, that's a sin. It's almost a slap in the face to the one that created you. He calls you the apple of his eye. He calls you perfection. So for you to try to cover that up and be something else or to, to hide that behind a mask or to feel like, oh, well, I'm not worthy of that, so I can't do that. Then it's an insult to the one that created you. It's a sin. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and things were great. I'm paraphrasing. Remember in Genesis when everything was wonderful and everything was great and, and God's looking and, and we've talked about it before that, that God looked at Adam and the first time we have recorded that God said something was not good was when man was alone. And so he created a relationship, a helpmate. Because it wasn't good that Adam was by himself. And, and so Eve came along. But then when sin showed up, right, there was no sin until they chose to eat the fruit. Sin showed up, and what happened? The first thing that Adam and Eve did was put on a costume. They covered up what they were ashamed of. They covered up what they didn't want to be seen. They covered up what they felt like they didn't want God to see, which is ridiculous. Like, you're God. You created the whole universe. Like, you knocked me out, put me to sleep, pulled a rib out of my side, and created this woman, but you can't see through a banana tree leaf that I just made clothes out of. Like, who or what were they hiding from? The animals? God? But as soon as sin entered, men and women started to cover their nakedness, to hide who they are. 
It's a result of sin. It's a result of shame. It's a result of guilt, of fear. What if I'm not enough? What if they don't accept me? You know the thoughts. It is not your sin that will drive you away from church and community and God. It's you trying to cover it up that will. Right? Your sin won't drive you away from community. But you trying to cover your sin, that's what will drive you away. Because you can only do it for so long. Right? It's the people like, there's some big idiots that are connected and a part of the church. Right? Like it. We all have problems. We all sin. We all have problems. But if you're so worried about people finding out, well, Jesus just told us in Luke 12 that eventually they're going to find out. Eventually the mask is going to slip and people are going to find out. And it's in that moment whether you decide, hey, I trust them enough to be real and say, yep, you're right, I'm broken. I do have a giant wart growing off the side of my nose. I've been trying to hide it for a long time. I do have a problem with you fill in the blank. Like what's the thing that you've been hiding? What's what's your area where you mess up? What's your area cuz like we all have them. And so when the mask slips, most people run. When their nakedness is exposed, most people just disappear cuz that's easy. It's easy to run. Cowards run. It takes courage to plant some roots. Stand your ground and say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to work through this. Hey, I, I need forgiveness. I need help. I need a counselor. I need what it like. But I'm not running. Come hell or high water, I'm not going anywhere. And that's the difference in people that end up changing the world and walking out their purpose and finding healing and freedom and growth and the people that just kind of live their life and uh, go through the motions. And, and we rack our brains trying to think of good things to say at their funeral. Man, I hope it's so easy. I, whoever gets to preach my funeral, I hope it's real easy for them. Right? Like, because I've just done a plethora of good things. We all have different masks. There are masks of success. You know those people that they had behind their success? And every time you see them, they want to tell you about the new degree they're getting and the job that they're aspiring to. And, the, and nothing's wrong with any of that. That's great. It's wonderful. But is that who you are? Is that what you're hiding behind? Is that what you're using to mask your pain? Is just to talk to me about your success? kind of tied to that same mask there's there's the mask of things and wealth you know there's there's some people that wear this mask of well you know as long as I have a better car or a better house or a better stuff or I got more money than them or I can afford this they think that that they can just throw money at all their problems there's the mask of of things and wealth and stuff you know what there's one that I've put on a lot of times it's the mask the hero mask You'll probably see a lot of them after a while for Halloween. 
is we all want to think that we're the hero. I've got this. I'm strong enough. I don't need anybody's help. I have no weakness. I've put on that mask a lot of times in my life. Don't let them see. Don't let them see. Don't let them see. I've got it all together. There's another mask. I'll show you a couple masks. Maybe you, maybe you wear some of these. This mask, we're going to call this the clone mask, the mirror mask. When you look at me, you see you. Hey, man, whatever you think is cool, I think is cool. Hey, what do you like? Whatever you like. Where are we going? Wherever you want to go. This is the clone mask, the, the trying to be cool mask. Most of us put on this one when we're in middle school because we just want to fit in. Right? We want to make friends. We want the girl to like us. So whatever the cool kids look like, we want to look like that. So we'll put on a mask and, and we try to look like them. We try to look like the, the athletes or the skaters or whatever it is that we think is cool. Whoever we're trying to fit in with, we... We start to look like them. And when they look at us, they see themselves. But that's not who we are. I got to get that thing off. Let's try another one. <clears throat> what about the happy mask? I hit on that just a second ago. I think a lot of people put on the happy mask. The big Walmart yellow smiley face. Hey, I wish I had one I could show y'all. This is the mask where I'm happy and everything's good. And I hope you're happy and I hope I can make you laugh because deep down inside I'm depressed and I don't want you to feel what that feels like and the pain that I feel inside. So I'm going to put on the happy mask because I'm happy. And I want you to be happy. But really, I'm not happy. I'm breaking. But is there anyone that I can be real with? that I can trust. What about the fear, the scary mask, the Halloween scare? Oh! Some of us are just afraid, just scared. What about, let's, let's try this one out right here. This isn't mine. I stole it from Jesse. We'll call this mask I guess my nose is too big there. We'll call this mask the I'm beautiful slash sex appeal. This mask, I'm craving attention. Will somebody just look my way? Will somebody think I'm hot? Somebody think I'm pretty? Does, does anybody accept me? I just need a little bit of validation. 
Can you validate who I am as a woman or a man? I just want you to like me. I just want you to accept me. I want you to love me. Am I pretty? We poke out our lips and our hips for all the pictures. That's this mask. Let's get rid of this mask. It's making me feel weird, awkward. See phones starting to come out. I need to get rid of that one before too many pictures get taken. Uh, Let's see. What mask do we have next? Oh, I got a good one for you. guess you can't hear good this is the sports mask the hey man how you doing i know your dad just died (laughs) go dogs number one in the nation we're gonna win but i ask you how you were doing with the grief atlanta braves are gonna win the world series tonight we win it all baby woohoo you bring in the beer. But, but you're masking what you're really dealing with with sports. What kind of mask is it that you're wearing? I think I got one more. We'll call this the old soul. I may just finish the message with this one. I guess you can't hear good. This is the old soul mask. You're not old enough to be a pastor. I can't follow a leader like you. Yes, I'm wise. I've been through lots of things. Look at my white hair. I have wisdom. You can trust me. That's creepy. (laughs) The old soul mask. The point here is we all wear masks. We wear different masks for different reasons and, and we cover up who we are and who God created us to be and and we're so scared to open ourselves up to other people and to community and, and ultimately to God to find our freedom and our healing. But when we choose to wear a mask, we try to be something that we're not, we're killing intimacy. You know, you were created for connection. You were created for community. You were created for intimacy with God and with other people and, and to have these deep and meaningful relationships. That's how God designed you. That's what you need. But when you wear masks, you kill intimacy. Author Don Miller said that authenticity is the soil that intimacy grows in. Deception erodes intimacy. You ever heard 
You ever heard people say, fake it till you make it? No, that's a horrible advice. You fake it, you'll have to keep faking it. Right? You, you fake it, you're going to have to keep on faking it. God can't use who you wish you were, but he can use you. Oh, one day if I could be this, or I wish I didn't make those decisions, or I wish I didn't go down this road or that road, or, you know, I wish I'd... Like, God's not interested in who you wish you were, the ideal you coming from your mind. God wants to use you, who you are, where you are, what, like right now. God, if we really believe Romans 8, 28, where, where it says that God can work all things together for our good, then we know that no matter what we've been through, maybe we wouldn't have picked it. Maybe it was some bad decisions on our part. Maybe it was some bad decisions on other people's part. Maybe it was all great, and, and so we're just weak. I don't know what your story is, but guess what? God can use it. I do know that. He wants to use it. We've got to stop wearing Saul's armor. Remember when, when David was going to kill the giant and Saul tried to put his armor on him and David put it on and was like, I can't wear this. Like it's all I've ever wanted probably. David was the kid that was forced to keep the sheep and sat out there playing with a sling trying to protect the sheep while his brothers all got to be soldiers and they all had armor. And David probably wanted to be like one of his brothers and have his own armor and stuff. And finally he got his shot and it's the king's armor. It's the nicest armor you could imagine. And he got to put it on. But guess what? That wasn't him. That wasn't who he was supposed to be. He said, I can't wear this. I got to be me. I, I, I can't put on a mask or I'm going to die. If I put on a mask, the giant will take me out. And that's what I'm telling you today, that if you keep acting like somebody that you're not, and you keep putting on a mask, and, and you keep trying to do things that you're not good at or you're not called to do, and, and because you won't embrace who you are and the giftings that God's given you, you're not supposed to be like me. And I'm not supposed to be like you. Don't try to wear Saul's armor or the giant will take you out. What if you covered up a masterpiece? Like, what if we had a masterpiece up here that was worth a million bucks, and then you came up and just started painting over it? How stupid would that be? I don't care if you're, like, let's see, who's... Becky's a good artist. She can draw and paint. If I had a million-dollar painting here, and Becky came up and started taking that yellow paint we had left over from kids camp and painting a yellow minion on top of the Mona Lisa that'd be pretty dumb why Becky's a good painter too I know she is she's an artist she can draw and paint way better than me but why would you cover up that with that that's not what it was meant to be in fact it's an insult to the artist to walk up and just start painting on top of their painting You don't paint over something that's valuable. It's a waste. It's an insult. And I'm trying to tell you today that you're a masterpiece created in God's image to do good works. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that. Look at it. Ephesians 2.10. 
Paul wrote this letter to the church of Ephesus, and he's telling them, you're saved by grace, not by works, so that nobody can boast. Like, it's not about you. You were saved by grace. And then he says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto or for good works, which God hath before ordained that we should. You know what that word should means? You have a choice. So he tells us you're absolutely saved by grace. You're absolutely created a masterpiece. Created for good works. And you should walk in them. Not a guarantee. You choose that part. Right? He died for your freedom. He says you're his child. You're his masterpiece. None of that's taken away. But you get to choose. You should Walk in the good works that he's called you to. You should walk in purpose. It's not a deal breaker. If you don't, he still calls you his masterpiece. He still loves you and he still bought your freedom ultimately one day in heaven. Your salvation was paid for at the cross. You don't earn that. Uh, But you choose whether to walk in the good works that you were created for. It's to walk in, not to sit and bask in them. It's to walk in them. That word where we just read, um, that was King James Version we just read. It says workmanship. It's a Greek word, and it means what is made, creation, things that are made, masterpiece. You're his masterpiece. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And I have appointed you a prophet unto the nations. God has a plan for your life. Let me ask you a question. Do they love you or the mask that you wear? It's a hard question. But Dusty, if I don't put on a mask, if if I don't do this, then they won't love me. And if I don't do that, then he won't accept me. And if if I don't put on the mask... She won't love me. Then they don't love you. Because they love this fake version of you. That's not real love. They don't love you. I know that's hard, but it will help you walk in freedom. Real love is worth it. I promise you, you got to find somebody that you can be real with. Because of smartphones and social media and technology, this generation is known as the most connected generation there has ever been. The most connected the world has ever been. Yet it's the loneliest we've ever been. There are more cases of depression, anxiety, suicide than ever before. The average American spends 10 hours and 39 minutes per day on a screen. That's the average. 10 hours and 39 minutes a day. Think about that. That's like almost half the day. 
then say you sleep for eight hours, more time is spent on a screen than in human face-to-face. There's more FaceTime going on than face-to-face. Psychologists say that more time, that the more time we spend on screens, the worse we get at reading human emotion, which is essential for having meaningful relationships and solving problems. That's kind of scary. Because that 10 hours and 39 minutes a day is going up, 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 up. Every month it jumps up a little bit higher. And, and if psychologists are doing all these tests and studies and saying that, that that makes us bad at having meaningful relationships and solving problems, that's going to be a rough world to live in if we all, none of us can have meaningful relationships and we all are bad at solving problems. We're called to more. But we got to take off the mask. We have to live in relationship and community. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 1. 2 Corinthians 4 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, We faint not, or we don't give up, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Message Bible words it like this. Since God has so generously let us in on what He's doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks and play games. Could you say that about yourself? I mean, I refuse to wear masks and play games. I got work to do. I'm supposed to be advancing the kingdom. I'm supposed to be a light. I'm supposed to be making the world a better place. I'm supposed to be reaching out. And I can only do that through relationship. So I must refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. The whole truth on display. So that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. We don't give up. When things get hard, when we feel like quitting, and when things don't turn out like we thought they should have turned out, we still don't give up. We we don't start hiding behind masks. We don't start creating new masks that we can can hide behind. Because that's not who we are. I'm going to play y'all a little movie clip. It's actually two clips out of the movie. And it's from quite possibly the greatest movie ever made. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And then we're going to close.
future king of England. Well, he's in disguise like me, so he can compete. He has never met an enemy without victory. He has never attacked a town he could not defeat. Yeah. We're English, Jeff. We know who he is. You must withdraw, Will. Go tell him, Jeff. They're about to drop the flag. Absolutely. Here, give me the lance. himself. Well, fought Sir Ulrich, as it was in Rouen. And you also, Prince Edward. You knew me? Yeah. And still you rode? It's not in me to withdraw. Huh. Nor me. Well, it happens. Yes, it does. Good luck with the tournament. And you also. Trying to hide who we are, both unable to do so. Your men love you. If I knew nothing else about you, that would be enough. But you also tilt when you should withdraw. And that is nightly, too. Release him. He may appear to be of humble origins, but my personal historians have discovered that he is descendant from an ancient royal line. This is my word, and as such is beyond Contestation. Knight, if I may repay the kindness you once showed me, take a knee. in me by my father, King Edward. 
and by all the witnesses here, I dub thee Sir William. Arise, Sir William. Joust. What? Is my tournament to finish? Now, are you fit to compete, or shall the forfeit stand? No, I'm fit. I shall have your opponent informed of it. You look for his shield on the lists at once. If you haven't seen the the movie, it's a night's tale, and and he's Williams trying to become a knight, and the prince shows up, and you you saw what just happened, and I love that that scene because the prince says, you know, what a pair we make, both trying to hide who we are, been wearing a mask. And part that gets me there is when he says, your men love you. And if I knew nothing else of you, that would be enough. But you also tilt when you should withdraw. You don't give up even when you should. Like just the fact that your men love you would be enough for me to grant you your freedom. But then there's like a bonus with you. You don't give up. Even when you know you should quit, you don't. You keep on going. I want you to notice the prince with the authority of the king said, I know who you are behind the mask, and I give you freedom and the choice to compete. He gave him his freedom. Right? And, and told everybody, and that was law. That was the decree. But then he said, are you okay to compete? Do you want to compete? Do you want to enter the tournament? Or do you want to let the forfeit stand? And I feel like this message for somebody today, God's letting you know that you're a masterpiece and that you're loved and you're created by Him and that you can take off the mask and be real. But like we just read in Ephesians, it's your choice whether you want to compete. Now, do you want to gain some ground for the kingdom? Are you ready to fight? Are you just good enough with your freedom or do you want more? Because you get to choose. Jesus knew the real you and he loved you enough to die for you. And if I do nothing else, that would be enough. That's enough to get you to heaven. That's enough to buy your freedom. But I also know that you tilt when you should withdraw. See, I also know that you're not going to give up. You're going to do great things. 
I know that you'll use this freedom to win, as Paul would say. You're his masterpiece, created to win and to do good things, to be great, to light up the world, to have great impact. And one of the saddest things for me as a pastor is seeing someone go through something alone. I hate that. When somebody in the church has something really bad happen or a hard time hit or they, they wind up broken or in the hospital or, or not somebody in the church, just somebody I know. Like That's one of the saddest things in the world for me is to see them have nobody or to see them have like the few of us that we called and just decided to do the right thing to help them out. Like There's such a big difference in seeing somebody that is connected in community and in relationship, not wearing masks, when something bad happens in their life, it's like I can barely talk to them. I can't even hardly get in a hospital room because there's like, there's a big difference. That's why we're instructed over and over and over to be connected, to love God and people. Right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. You can't really love someone, and you can't really be loved while you're wearing a mask and while they're wearing a mask. To really love your neighbor as yourself, you got to take off your mask, and they got to take off their mask, and you got to both say, Oh God, it's worse than I thought. But I'm going to choose to love you anyways. And they're going to do the same for you. And if not, that's not the one you're supposed to be connected to. And I'm sorry if they hurt you because sometimes people hurt other people. But don't let that make you give up. Just because you got hurt, don't quit. Don't give up because that's where we're going to find our healing. We throw up walls because we've been abused or we've been hurt. And I don't know how you got hurt, if it was mentally or physically. Maybe you were sexually abused or maybe you were spiritually hurt by somebody on a stage with a Bible like me. If that's the case, I'm sorry. But what we do is when we get hurt, we throw up walls. No one will ever hurt me again. I'll never be vulnerable to anyone again. I'm just going to throw up walls all around me and nobody will ever get back in. Nobody's going to hurt me like that again. I'll never let someone in that close. And the problem is that while our walls keep us from getting hurt, they also keep us from healing. How do we live together whole and healed? I'll tell you how. James 5.16 tells us when we're done. James 5.16 Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other. Wait, you mean confess your sins to God, right? Nope. James says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed wait 
confess your sins to each other. So, I mean, I went and looked it up. I, look, I read it in the King James. And the word confess that James used there is to consent, confess, to admit, confessing. And then this word also means praise, thankful, thanking. Like, what? Be thankful even for your pain, your sins. King James says your faults. And it means your shortcomings. It means your sins, your failures, your mistakes, your flaws, your scars. It, it can mean all different kinds of things like that. What's James saying? Take off the mask and be real with people. Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Hey, this is how he hurt me. Hey, I, I can't beat it. It's getting the best of me. And James says that's how we find our healing. That's how we can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. He goes on to talk about Elijah and powerful prayers and stuff. <clears throat> but that's how we live together whole and healed. We take off the mask and we learn to be real with each other. James says that healing comes when we confess our faults, our failures, our sins, our flaws, our hurts to each other. We admit when it hurt. We go to a brother that's offended us. We, we work it out. We don't give up. We don't quit. We tilt when we should withdraw. When we get real with someone, when we take off the mask, when we stop covering the wound, it can heal. But as long as we feel like we got to cover up that wound, it, it can't heal. It just gets infected and festers and turns into bitterness and anger and hurt and hate and gossip and, and all these ugly, nasty things that were never meant to be a part of us. But we keep covering that wound rather than opening it up and allowing healing. Allowing someone else to help us. You know, if I get wounded really bad, I, I'll cover it up. I'll hold it and try to stop the blood or whatever. Maybe put a towel over it or something. But guess what? I'm going to a doctor and when I get to somebody I trust to help me with the problem, I've got to open it up and say, hey, now you help me. I don't. Like, I can't heal this on my own. Now I'm going to trust you. And that's the only way I find healing. I don't just sit down there in the pig pen, bleeding out, holding a towel on it. I go and find help. Emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. We got to get real if we want to heal. Staying hurt won't help. Time doesn't heal. I know it's not what you planned. The divorce, the accident, the loss. I know you didn't plan on that, on pain. You didn't plan on abuse. But staying hurt won't help. Admit that it hurts. Take off the mask. Don't hold it in. 
Playing tough won't fix it. In fact, what you fake can't be fixed. When you take off your mask and find healing, you'll find love. You'll find acceptance. You'll find hope for a future and a confidence in who you are. You encourage other people to do the same. When you take off your mask and you walk in who God's called you to be, it encourages the people around you to do the same, that it's okay, that they're a masterpiece too. And that's the beauty of relationship and community. Let's pray. God, unmask us. God, help us to take off the mask because for some of us, we've worn these masks for so long that they've kind of grown into our skin and become part of us. and, And it's really hard for us to tell where the mask stops and the real us is. It's just been so long. God, we believe that your word is like the knife of a surgeon and that you can help us cut away the things that are not us, that you didn't call us to be. God, we so desperately want healing. We want to live free and whole. And God, we're not going to give up. We thank you for our freedom and we worship you and praise you for setting us free, but we're not going to waste our freedom. We choose to fight. We choose to rise. And we choose to change the world because that's what you did through Jesus. And we want to be like you, Dad. So we love you. We thank you. We're taking off the mask. In Jesus' name, amen.